Listeners, hello, happy holidays. Uh, It's Greg, and we're just going to dive right into the news so you can get to the episode proper since we're a little behind schedule. But you know what? It was the holidays. We all needed a break. I needed a break. But uh, there's not a lot of news, so let's just jump right into things. So first of all, we're going to start off telling y'all that the Games of the Year 2020 Reader's Choice voting is live. So head on over to the site. Let your voice be heard. Let us know what you think of uh, what made 2020 worth gaming for considering the rest of the world and everything else around it was pretty lousy. We still got some great games in there, so let us know your thoughts and get your vote in before January 4th, 2021. As of this recording, that's uh, six days away. No, seven days away. Math. Look at that go. Anyways, off we go into the features department. Speaking of best of the year and all that good stuff, RPG Fan's 30 most anticipated games of 2021 is live. So you want to see what our editors are looking forward to in the next year, aside from, you know, just a better state of the world. Uh, Go check out this awesome list of great things. I mean, I myself, I'm really looking forward to more news on Breath of the Wild 2. I want to play Baldur's Gate 3 in its full completion. And Bravely Default 2 is looking pretty rad as well. So we got some good stuff on the horizon, so go check out this feature and see what's on there. If you agree, if there's things you haven't heard of, all that good stuff. Over in the reviews department, we've got a few of them, and we've had some good stuff. The first two come from Des Miller and Neil Chandran, and they're both uh, very similar reviews, similar-ish games, different in their own ways, but kind of both landed the same, of both looking good, but uh, lacking a bit of in terms of um, character progression or... The, the gameplay got a bit stale. So the first one is from Des Miller. Uh, they had a look at Minoria, which, again, very pretty-looking game. It's Metroidvania action RPG. Looks pretty slick. And uh, go check out the review to find out the nitty-gritty on that one. The other game I was talking about is Luminous Plume, which is a action RPG platformer traditional RPG. And again, uh, pretty above-average game. So go read Neil's review and see what you think of that one as well. The next review in the lineup comes from Audra Bowling, who looked at another VN, period, cube, Shackles of Amadeus, uh, is just, yeah, another VN hybrid RPG game that looks great, has some great voice work apparently, and a fantastic localization, but yeah, it's not as uh, fun on the gameplay side as it could have been, and definitely falls a lot short in uh, many of its ways, so go check out Audra's review and and see how this one lands. And finally, a new reviewer comes to the fold. Abraham Kobolanski joined the team not too long ago, and his first review was of The Falconeer, which was a really cool-looking game, so I'm glad to see this one get reviewed. Uh, And it's, yeah, a real cool-looking game that is uh, got a really neat concept and apparently just really wraps you into it in a lot of good ways, but uh, could use a little bit of uh, refinement on its story and gameplay, apparently. So go check out Abraham's very first review on the site and uh, see what you like about the writing, the game, whatever in between. (laughs) And that's it. Again, if you're listening to this around the holidays when it airs, happy holidays, folks. Hope you have a good time with friends and family as best you could in these times. Stay safe and uh, otherwise enjoy episode 204 of Random Encounter.
Hey, everybody, we're coming into the holidays. I guess you'll be listening to this uh, possibly right on Christmas Day for some reason. If you're like, screw my family, I want to listen to Random Encounter. We're here for you. Uh, so, yeah, happy holidays to you and yours from us here. We're into episode 204 of Random Encounter, and I am your host, Greg Downledge. You have stuck with us for one heck of a year. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, hopefully you've had plenty of time to play video games in your downtime as you've listened to us jaw about them. And boy, do we have a doozy of a game to talk about. I wonder what it is. But before we get into that, let's head on over to our uh, co-host in his swivel chair, John O'Logan over in T.O. Ho, ho, ho. Merry everybody. <laughs> T.O. Ho, ho. Merry everybody. Yeah. Polyamorous over there. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, we agreed to keep our personal lives off of the air. Thank you very much. John was starting a harem and a um, uh, uh, not a comp, not a combine. What the heck's the? You have a, a commune where you I have a compound. A commune. Thank you. Yeah. Compound <laughs> sounds like in the middle of a desert with a bunch of guns. <laughs> Although, there, what would be more likely in your relationship? Would you be the one with the tons of sister wives, or would uh, your partner have sister husbands? I, I can honestly say that is the most Christmas-themed question I've heard in a long time. <laughs> the spirit of giving love. Uh, ho, ho, ho. All that being said, for my case, I'm pretty sure it would definitely be Annette having the the multiple partners under her reign. Uh, she would take control of... Having grown up, uh, control having grown up in Utah, uh, that this is a question that has come up in the past. Uh, my mom and a friend of mine's mom were talking about it. Uh, and one of them said, Ugh, who'd want more than one? One's bad enough. <laughs> I was also really hoping you were going to be leading with like, oh, being in Utah, this is something that's come in the past five hours. Um, <laughs> not, not quite that recently. <laughs> Anyways, this is John Tooker. Hey. Uh, well, John Tucker Tooker. Once again, back on the podcast. Thank you for coming back, John. We love having you. Uh, because uh, John and I have both been playing uh, the Cyberpunk, which uh, is out. It's in the wild. And it is uh, almost in the wild. A fun dumpster fire of a time with that yeah. game. Boy, howdy. Uh, it is 2020 the game. <laughs> we weren't even. It seems that way, or at least in just uh, in the marketing and shipping and selling of it. It's. Oh, boy. I feel such mixed feelings about it and oh it's it's rough but we'll get into that uh for myself uh uh i don't know we're getting into christmas and i'm hoping to have uh, i wasn't expecting to have this this game or much else new to play but uh, i've got final fantasy 7 r now on my docket because we had a very generous gift giver over at rpg fan which was really nice um so i was just right place right time and bob uh, was just like hey who likes FF7R and wants to play it? And I was like, oh, me, maybe. And he's like, cool, happy Christmas, it's yours. I was like, why? He's like, mm, you're nice. It's like, oh, Aww, tears. Bob. It was, I don't know what and why, or it was just random. But uh, so I have that to look forward to. Uh, that might derail some of my uh, plans to go back to Sakuna of Rice and Ruin or uh, Chrono Cross. But uh, yeah, John, what have you, what are you getting into before we get into the bigger discussions? What's been going on with you as you helm the review department? I've been a little bit uh, curious about uh, my, I guess my some of the old haunts I used to be uh, at, including the very first review I wrote for the site, which was Fallout seventy six. I figured with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven coming out, most cursed and haunted, mm, I would 
take a look at uh, at a past um, train wreck of a launch um, and see how the game has come along since then. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I've been playing that because I figured I finished the fully modded version of Fallout. Well, I didn't finish it, but I, I played a bunch of Fallout 4. And I was like, all right, let's move on to Fallout 76 because this is relevant to what's currently happening. And it's been a long time since I played it. They've apparently fixed it. I wonder what it's like. Uh, and, uh, I've been playing it for a couple of days now, and I can say that it's better. It's like you can do, like, a thesis and give us a roadmap onto, like, by comparison, contrasting, see if, how it will, uh, end up with Cyberpunk 2077, how many years down the road we can look forward <laughs> to a, a, a fix. I... I have I have some theories about Fallout seventy. I think the thing that or Fallout twenty uh, Fallout twenty seventy seven, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I have some thoughts about it. Uh, one of the biggest, which I actually am feeling vaguely, I'm not pleased about this, but I remember even on the day before launch, I was like, I think they're going to delay it, guys. I don't think they're going to release it. And then and it got for re- Cyberpunk. And, you mean? Yeah, for Cyberpunk, I was okay. like, I don't. I think they're going to delay it again. And you know, it turned out nope. They. Uh, they uh, released it, and retroact- retroactively, I was right, because they've they've taken it down off PlayStation, so they need to do a relaunch now. Yeah, that is uh, that is something we have not really seen in a long time, especially not from such like a big publisher and a big expectation game like this. To see it pulled from shelves, almost literally, is, that is just cream of the crop dumpster fire oh yeah oh yeah this is it, it's a disaster it's an absolute disaster and i mean we'll be getting into that but we don't want to focus i think a lot of on that yet. yet i think a lot of the game the talk about the game right now is talking about uh what's going on around the game which is the it being pulled from shelves for uh playstation 5 uh best buy is now apparently accepting returns for it um same with xbox so lots a lot a lot mm-hmm. is happening there and that's important but at the same time I think the idea, is this a good game? That question has been lost in the mix. And that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about today. Like, is Cyberpunk 2077 a good game? When you separate it from the controversy, when you separate it from the marketing, when you separate it from everything that... When you separate Cyberpunk 2077 from everything that is Cyberpunk 2077, is it... Is it a good game? In, In a vacuum, is it a good game? Yeah. In a vacuum, if you had been and isolated that's... in a soundproof room for 2020, and you were given this game, <laughs> As, you were given this. Yeah. First off, I envy you if you had been in a soundproof room for 2020 yeah. and have no idea what's going on. And your biggest concern was: was the Cyberpunk 2077 launch any good? If that's your biggest concern for 2020, I envy you. Yeah. <laughs> Just come out. Anybody else hear that? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. That's the thing. Like I can't. I can't really think of any other, I'm sure it's out there, but I can't think of any other like mass media in my years uh, that have like, has been this, um, I guess, dumped on by its own, you know, media, by its own uh, like marketing, PR, everything around it. Just because yeah, at the core, there's a, there's a good, there's a good game there, but you can't, it's been such a tainted uh, experience because of this the, the discussion circulating it. and I can't I'm sure it's out there like there's some movie or something like that that was like oh that was actually kind of good but just critics dumped on it this that or whatever um, is it, can you think of anything yourself? I, I mean honestly Fallout 76 is a great comparison with all the issues that, that, that they is had fair, yeah. um, you know when they launched it, a lot of issues in terms of you know 
just the game working or not, but then they also had all that stuff surrounding the, uh, you know, the bags from the collector's edition and, you know, all that other stuff outside the game. Oh, right. Holy Remember that? That just never it was supposed came to be out. nice canvas bags and instead it was this garbagey plastic thing and, um, that, uh, if you, if you, <laughs> that's like what just happened to me. They, they had a thing. I was, I bought a gift from my brother. Oh, so I'll get right. into that in a second. They, they had a thing with, um, uh, Nuka Cola Dark, I think it was called. It was, it was, it was supposed to be a, a, a like a dark rum in a nice black Nuka, you know, looking bottle. Uh, and eventually, like, oh, was it rum? I thought it was just like a, a coke. No, they they had a rum too, and it would it came out. If I'm remembering right, it came out really late, and then instead of being like a nice glass black bottle that looked like that, that you know, with the, the fins and everything. It was like that was a plastic thing that snapped onto like a boring little glass bottle, uh, and everybody was really mad because it cost a lot of money. And then, and that's just scratching yeah. the surface. Oh really, yeah, yeah. There was everything that happened so, with Fallout. So many more things, but which you got into. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I think that is maybe the best, you know, the closest comparison to uh, to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. In terms of how it went, that would be that's true. I forgot about all the uh, the marketing stuff that went down the tanks with that. I just knew the game itself was a whole trash fire. It didn't get to like we're going to refund it and pretend it doesn't exist for right. a while kind of levels. I don't think, but they doubled. They they did the opposite where they doubled down and just committed <laughs> yeah. even more to it in a lot of ways. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, that's right. I forgot that there was all like those the the swag oh, that yeah. just did not pan out yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, just quickly as an aside, yeah, I ordered this like cool ten in one, like survival case for my brother in law for Christmas uh, for our Secret Santa. Ordered it like back in November, and then randomly I got this like little like carabiner. I think it had a fire starter in it. It was called a survival grenade. That I was like, what is this thing? I don't remember the ordering this. I don't know where this came from. And then I went through and I saw there was a receipt in my email for this thing. Mm. It was all free. I apparently never paid for it. I don't know where it came from. What it was. Anyways, and I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. So I finally got in touch with them to call the the business and realized uh, it was connected to the, – the business I had ordered, the 10 and one thing, was also connected to this whatever survival grenade business was. So they're one and the same, who was also out of the office from December 8th to 19th, which is a very <laughs> weird choice to be out of your business yeah. office at the Christmas rush. Anyways, they responded to email, thankfully, and they're like, oh – uh, it says here that your thing was delivered. I was like, oh, well, all I have is this thing, which I sent a photo. I'm like, this is not what I paid $48 for, <laughs> and, which is like, like listed at like 10 bucks most mm-hmm. places. And they're like, oh, well, uh, they're out of stock. So I guess we'll refund you. And I was like, were you just hoping I wasn't going to notice? Like, what was this? Like a consolation yeah. prize? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what happened there. Either way, I feel like someone was trying to screw me, but it's uh, like how the- <laughs> it's not as advertised apparently. Oh. Anyway, sorry, aside, aside, um, (laughs) Jono, it sounded like you were chiming in with more on this. Well, I think one of the biggest differences between Fallout Fallout 76 and Cyberpunk 2077, uh, and part of the reason why I think that people are a little more... I remember people being furious about Fallout 76, but I don't remember the... Oh, they sure were. They were, but I don't remember the blowback being quite in the same vein as this, and I think the reason is lead time. Fallout 76 was announced uh, in early 2018. So I think it was it was in the second half. It was in May, I think. May or June. And uh, it was announced then, and then it was released 
just a few months later in November. So there wasn't there was only a couple of months there where you know they built up the publicity and stuff like that, and it, it was yeah. obviously the, people expectations were huge for the game, but it kind of came out of nowhere and then just crashed and burned. Whereas Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven has been it's on the thing since it's like the thing yeah. it's been on the edge of people's tongues for almost a full decade now. Like this has been one of the most anticipated games mm-hmm. uh, possibly in history, and you can't even say that the game is bad, but you can say that the company that launched the game could not have done a more spectacular job of screwing this thing up than they did. Um, from everything I've heard, from everything I've heard, and we'll, we'll obviously be hearing more about this uh, in the episode, um, like you guys said, it's a good game, and there's apparently a really, really good game under there somewhere. And it sounds like because of what they did, their business practices, uh, crunch, uh, 2020 in general being what it is, and a lot of other factors. They took what could very, what very easily should have been the game of the year of 2021 and released it disastrously at the end of 2020. I'm surprised we haven't seen any memes of like that recreation of the scene where Obi-Wan fights Anakin on Mustafar, except Anakin is Cyberpunk 2077 and Anakin is all game or, um, and Obi-Wan is all gamers. <laughs> you were supposed to be the chosen one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just sitting there burning in a garbage fire with no arms and no legs. True, but I don't think I don't think anyone could ever say that gamers have the high ground. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, and especially not here. And like, oh, gosh. And then all the like, – we talked a bit about this, just all the controversy around the reviews and the, the previews uh, and that people were just dumping on reviewers for it. And, and it's just like – but look, look at what you're getting now. Like they weren't wrong, and and they got the best form of it. You know, the fact that they weren't giving console versions out as reviews. Well, apparently there was a reason for that. They wanted to put their best foot forward. Well, IG, and... IGN released a console uh, PS4 review specifically for PS4, and I think it got a four. Wow. Oof. It's yeah, and that's it. Yeah, there's no footage. You know, for a reason. It's. I was watching. Um, some comparisons of it uh, because uh, Scott, who does our Twitch streaming for us, Scott was uh, helping me navigate trying to get the best looking version on my computer for uh, capture for us for video. And yeah, and it's just looking between console and PC. It's just like two different games, two different worlds in so many weird ways. Like it looks, I was like, it looks worse than even like a PS4 game should look, which is weird. Like, just the optimization is a train wreck, and I don't know what's going on there. Like, I was like, I feel like I'm looking at something on, like, the Xbox with, like, poofy, fudgy faces and bad shadows and just, like, just with nicer textures. It's, oh, There have been some gorgeous games on PS4, right? Absolutely. Some games have really Horizon Zero Dawn, you know. Yup. Amazing looking games on PS4, so really disappointing. Well, exactly. It's it's baffling. But uh, yeah, all that just uh, gets back onto Fallout seventy six. So yeah, what is you're saying? They fixed it. Like, uh, so had, is it an experience now that you, like you want to play? Was this two years later now since you reviewed it? Uh, yeah, it was first first thing I reviewed for the site would have been November of twenty eighteen. And there has been expansions since. Then you've always been. We've been like, hey, Jono, do you want to go back? And you've been like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> no. So no, no, no. no are, no. are you willing? I mean, you were clearly willing now, out of curiosity more than anything. It was a morbid, almost the- train wreck effect. Train wreck effect. And I've heard some good things. I've heard that hey, they fixed it. And you know, I 
here was the here was I'll the irritating thing about that. yeah here's the irritating thing about Fallout 76 for me is as playing it I could see that they had created a extraordinarily well thought out world space their environmental storytelling was top notch as per usual the acting in the voice logs was phenomenal they were telling some really 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 good stories the problem of course being that you were being told stories rather than being actively involved in one because you arrived in Appalachia after the fact. Everyone was already dead. So first off, that puts you in the most depressing game state you could possibly imagine because it was just a story about like all of these people struggling to survive and fighting against the odds and then losing. Like inevitably, every single time you came across a new story, there would be just a depressing ending to it. Um, and because of that, you know, the story was absolutely flat-out terrible. Um, mechanics, it played like Fallout 4, but a buggier version of Fallout 4, which is Impressive. really kind of a remarkable sentence to say. Um, and it looked not great. I mean, it didn't look of its generation. It looked better than Fallout 4, but Fallout 4, even when it was released, was by no means a looker. Um, so... I remember being more generally upset about that game than uh, genuinely hating it. I gave it a 64, I think. Yeah, it was um, not great. <laughs> 62. <laughs> In my mind, I've just given it an extra two points. Woohoo. Um, and I mean, it was a buggy, buggy mess to the point where, I mean, the site does have a policy where we have to finish the game. You know, if we're reviewing it, we need to finish the game. Any of the endings, but we need to finish it. And I could never finish Fallout 76 because I got to the final dungeon and it crashed. Uh, five minutes before the end of the game. Here, here. I, and I, I messaged. Need to do that too. Actually, there's a game I couldn't yeah. finish for the same reason. Anyways. Yeah. I messaged Alana and was like, "Listen, Alana, I know that I'm new to the site, and I tried my best to finish the game, but it crashed, and I really don't want to do the last dungeon again." And she's like, "No, don't do the last dungeon again. Just write the review. It's fine." It just saves outside the dungeon, or I guess, uh, well, yeah, I guess it's, it's yeah. an instance thing. I guess, yeah, right. Because yeah, it's online. It, just, it was just outside, and I mean, but the game had some really, really great things about it but there was no possible chance for meaningful choices to be made because you were a passive observer of the story rather than an active participant um multiplayer was a disaster oh multiplayer was so bad back then which is um, weird because isn't that literally what the game's the supposed whole, to be for yeah <laughs> yeah the, the whole point was supposed to be hey we get to play fallout with friends and it turned out to be playing fallout with a bunch of jackasses who wanted to shoot you and steal your stuff um so everybody's and, a raider yeah. yeah, pretty much. But that which is also another thing that drove me kind of crazy about the central conceit of the story, which is everyone you meet is a real person that was in this vault with you for 20 years. And it's like, so you're saying the second that the vault opened, like every single person in the vault became a sociopath? I mean, okay. that seems like um, there's a social experiment in there that I feel like we as a society have overlooked with what Fallout 76 offered us. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of uh, vault right? Social experiments. That's fair. Um, and clearly we failed on 76. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was the game back then. So the game now, I uh, I installed it and I, I loaded it up and it immediately crashed, which just made me happy in a weird, perverse way. <laughs> return to form. <laughs> I was like, here we go. All right. Uh, but since then, it's actually been very, very stable. Um I, I loaded up my old character and immediately realized I had absolutely no idea where I was, what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> so I said, okay, forget this. So I went back, started up a new character, uh, 
The game starts up very similarly to the original. You, you wake up in the vault. It's the last day you have in the vault. You have to leave, uh, and you leave the vault. And then, unlike the original version, you go down a hill, and there's two people standing there looking for a treasure that they think is in the vault. And then this starts you off on the new quest. Now, what they did... It, what what uh, Bethesda did is instead of, like... I guess, instead of completely revamping the game and, like, tearing out everything that was there originally... They've kind of overlaid the characters, uh, new characters and new situations onto the already existing ones. So you can play through the original quest line as it is, but also you can interact with characters along the way. Um, and it kind of works, it kind of doesn't. Like the central conceit being like, you just woke up and you just left the vault. Um, and the overseer left the vault the previous day. But then when you like, eventually you find the overseer and she has a mansion that she's built up over the last year <laughs> uh and it's a year later essentially is the central idea of the game it's a year after everyone left the vault so if you start a new character you've apparently been sleeping for the last year so it kind of works kind of doesn't um it feels like a follow game now much more so than it used to in terms of the character interaction the acting is excellent uh there are some more choices i have not reached i have not gotten far enough into the game yet to know if those choices are meaningful or not or will impact my experience later in it. Appalachia still feels abandoned, but that doesn't actually bother me. It turns out that I didn't need the place to be massively populated. I only needed there to be signs of life throughout Appalachia. I needed there to be like a random farmer here or there, or somebody struggling to survive and succeeding, or just instead of finding corpses everywhere. Which that was uh, one of the updates, didn't they finally add those people? Yeah, that's that's it. So like I'm I'm finding I'm finding people and I'm Great. talking to them and interacting with them and just like little interactions and random random characters that you meet along the way and yes, you can there is dialogue now and you can talk to people. Uh and you can you you know be your usual sarcastic jerk or your your virtuous hero. You have those choices. Uh and instantly it improved the game to the point where if they were in the game originally, uh easily it probably would have gotten an extra 10 to 15 points. Um, wow. Yeah, now, I, again, I haven't gotten far into the game yet. Um, in fact, I'm kind of stalled because to get to the first... To get to the, the next point of the quest where you get to interact with people, I need to get to level 20, which unfortunately means that I need to backtrack and do some of the, the boring stuff that I used to. But even that's been kind of fun because rather than go the path I went originally like now I kind of I just walked in the opposite direction so I'm getting to explore some areas of Appalachia which I kind of skimmed over the first time around <laughs> well I I love the Fallout series um, I, I actually still have my my physical copy of Fallout 1 with the, the manual the manual for that game is like one of the best manuals uh, it's all like in it's all like in world um, and it's just like just a, a, an amazing design, but I just really don't like playing games online with people. So I was like, no, I don't either. 76 is not for me. <laughs> not even trying. I'll tell you, John. Um, I mean, you're probably going to be uh, a little bit this type of RPG out after you finish cyberpunk. Um, you can play fallout 76 by yourself. You cool. can, I do. Um, there's like, there's no one on staff who plays it. So it's not like I can team up with anyone. I thought about dragging Greg along, but I don't want to make him buy a version of a copy of the game. Um, so it's... You, you can start the game by yourself. You start the game by yourself. 
Um, there are lots of people running around, but you don't have to interact with them. Um, there are some instances, like there are dungeons where theoretically you need other people, and most of those are the vaults, uh, unfortunately, which, to be honest, is a pretty good use of vaults. Like, I mean, if you're going to be doing an online version of Fallout, obviously the vaults are going to be your big multiplayer instant dungeon instant dungeons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. You'd like it because it does give you that same sense of discovery where you can see the outlines of the buildings on the horizon and you can head there and you hear the little cha-ching sound when you find yourself on a new farm or nice. something. The world, yeah, the world of Appalachia is massive. It's so much, it feels, I think it's considerably bigger than Fallout 4. It's bigger than the capital wasteland. I know that. Um, and, uh, I, I that's the part of the game that I absolutely love. In fact, usually once I have the map fully complete, I kind of lose interest in this type of game. Um, it's one of the reasons why last week, I don't know if you heard last week when I was talking about Fallout 4, uh, one of the best things about doing a fully modded version of Fallout 4 where there were new locations added by modders. So I would get like cha-chings for new locations that I would discover that have never been there before. And that was, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned that uh, early on playing with other people was was not very fun due to the way the other people played. Uh, any any change in that sense then? Uh, actually, yeah. Uh, I've not been harassed continuously uh, since starting this game like I was in the original version. Uh, Bethesda have completely redone the character interactions, or the character interactions, the player-player interactions. Uh, now, they're still the same thing. It's almost like a handshake system. Like if someone shoots you in the head, you barely lose any health. Uh, and then that's you. If you fire back, then okay, you're in agreement. It's time to fight. Oh, interesting. And then like the damage becomes real at that point. Yeah, the damage becomes real at that point. Um, and there are still there are still jerks and things like that. But the reality is, back when Fallout seventy six was released, it was the it was the new hotness. It was the hot multiplayer game. It was everyone was playing it, even if it was terrible. And you know, people were really harping on it. There were a lot of players on there in recent years. The only people that are really left playing Fallout 76 are the people who actually like it and who are Fallout fans Mm. and who like what Bethesda has been doing with uh, building up Fallout 76 uh, since its release uh, with uh, new content patches and releasing things. And and because of that, I feel that every interaction I've had uh, in Appalachia since then has been quite positive. So that is a massive improvement. yeah, and I mean the idea, Bethesda's original idea that every every person in the game is a real person. If there are every character you run into, it's a real person and it builds human stories. And I think at the time I was like, what Bethesda misses is the fact that most people who are playing games aren't interested in telling a story. They're interested in particip- participating in a story. Mm. And they're also kind of dicks. <laughs> um well, yeah, so, unless they set it up to be like a full like you're sitting down to kind of D&D with everybody and setting up the world in such a way that everyone knows we're all going to role play and build a story together and all work towards something then sure mm-hmm. but if that's not there then yeah they need to be feeding you when you were talking and in a lot of cases oh sorry John go ahead no, I was just going to say when you were talking about dates earlier uh, in terms of when this came out and things I was kind of doing some looking to see and it looks like this came out about a year after uh, PUBG and, and Fortnite uh, really came out and those hit it big and those are all about you know, like taking out the other players. And and I think that was really kind of this big trend in game design for a little while, right? It was like, everybody wants to be the next that. Uh, Just and, what flavor mm-hmm. of that do you want to be? Yeah. And so I, I wonder if that's how the, the players took it as well. 
Well, funny enough, they actually have that in this game. One of the post-release modes that they've introduced is a uh, is a, uh, a PUBG Fortnite-esque uh, last survivor sort of thing where you are set loose in the game world and you in the, it, it's separate from the actual game and your actual game character where you are a member of a vault and the the over the computer is trying to figure out who should be the overseer and the only way the computer can figure that out is to have all of the vault people kill each other until there's only one left which is i think it's a fairly nice in universe vault tech esque way of picking an overseer yeah um and it seems to be i haven't played it yet i'm planning to but it seems to be fun uh it looks okay but i you know that that genre of gaming has cooled off to the point now where yeah. if someone wants to play a it, that type of game they just got, they're just going to download Fortnite. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh on the whole, yeah, I I know what you mean and that seemed to be a lot of people were jumping into this game with that sort of mindset involved, but I don't think they're there anymore. Um I think that a lot of what Bethesda got wrong is was was fixable and has been fixed. I don't know if it's a good game yet. Um I'm having an okay time playing it i'm not super involved like every single with a really good game you're like every second you're not playing the game you're like oh i want to get into it. i was really enjoying it i just need to keep playing it uh, with this i'm like all right i'll jump in see what's happening see what's going on it hasn't grabbed me yet um and i don't know if it will or not because somewhat of the scattershot nature of its central story being that they've laid a story on an already existing story in hopes that it will tell a complete story, and I don't know if that'll work. I'll find out. Um, but yeah, I'm fairly invested into uh, into playing this thing. Gen, you know, gradually, maybe over That's Christmas. I might actually, yeah, I might even write it. I might write a uh, a uh, update review for it uh, after Christmas once I beat the game, providing, of course, that it doesn't crash again. Yeah, <laughs> it's that, and that's an interesting thing with a lot of these games these days as well. I mean, uh, it was shared around our Slack. I'm sure. A few listeners have seen it. There was the YouTube video about uh, if game developers made a jigsaw puzzle um, by what's-his-face who does... Ryan George. Ryan George, yeah, Uh, which was great and very on point. Uh, And then, yeah, in this day and age with reviews, like, we obviously get things usually before day one patches, and there's always the promise, like, don't worry, there'll be a day one patch, but, like, we don't know what they're going to patch. We don't know what they're going to fix. And then there's so many other games where they just have such a long release schedule for that sort of stuff and new content they want to drip free feed whether it's fixing bugs or it's just like oh we're just going to add more things over time but we want it out now and want the money now so we can keep doing this it's like as a reviewer and a review website like when do you go back for like me like uh I, i'm thinking for myself i previewed uh stone shard and i don't even uh, i meant to i was thinking about that last night for some random reason i was like has it fully released yet or is it still in early development you know, but like with stuff like that, like when do you go back and decide, yeah, I guess we'll try it out again. Like, do you do it whenever they release DLC or stuff like Moonlighter where it's just constantly like, we're going to add more weapons now to the game. We're going to add more things to the game to aesthetically change it. It's like you could theoretically, yeah, go back two years now and it'd be completely different, but it's kind of on the site to decide like, oh, hey, does everyone remember Fallout 76? Does, should we go back? Should we check it out mm-hmm. now? Yeah. And to an extent, we do that, though. I mean, every uh, every couple of months, uh, Caitlin releases a new, uh, an update for uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and every single time it's released, it's a, it's a, at least thus far, fingers crossed, uh, it's an incredible game. There are incredible updates with storyline. And I don't feel like Bethesda has quite accomplished that with 
this. I don't think that Fallout 76 is currently uh, a Realm Reborn levels of relaunch. <laughs> I, I mean, what is, really? That's like the redemption story in gaming to end all redemption stories. Yeah, Phoenix Down yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. That was them being like, okay, our honor has been uh, besmirched by our game. We need to fix this now. They're all looking over to like, Sapoku or fix the game. Yeah. Mm, yep. Let's fix the game. Yeah. And then, that'd be cool the if they did that with Fallout 76 where they're just like, a realm reborn. Hey, someone finally got a Gek. And like, you actually just are living in like a fully normalized <laughs> society that's actually repairing itself. That'd be really funny. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of problems I have with this game, especially in terms of like lore and things like that. You're fighting super mutants. You're fighting uh, like the technology level is the same as it was in Fallout 3 and New Vegas and 4. And it's like, this is 20 years after the bombs fell, not 200 Okay, yeah, I was going to ask if you remember how yeah. far into the quote-unquote future this one was, if it was on par with Fallout 1, 2, or 3, or 4, or well before. No, it's, 20, no, it's, it's a prequel, and I actually admit, with the new characters that I'm running into, it's, uh, it's actually kind of a nice little thing, which is a lot of these characters were alive prior to the bombs dropping, so you do get that these people are still, a lot of people are still trying to adapt to the Wasteland. This is not what they were born into, this is the world that they made for themselves and they need to they need to live there and there's a bit of that in it i like that i like that a lot i'm hoping they get to i'm hoping they delve into that even more um in the uh in in the rest of the game but yeah the game is it's coming along i'm enjoying it i think that i honestly think that it shouldn't be a multiplayer game still (laughs) i mean i was I mean, I'm not a giant fan of multiplayer games, and yeah. I, you know, I'm playing this. I'm interacting with some people, but I'm I'm still playing this primarily as a solo, solo journey. But honestly, at some point in the future, I think Bethesda's best shot would be, I don't know, like five years from now, they say, okay, we're going to close up shop on Fallout 76. But don't worry, if you like Fallout 76, we're going to be releasing a single player version of it, and then just do a few things to fix the. I think with very little work, this could be made right. into a single-player game, and I think that they would be smart to do it. Um, at but, the moment, yeah, yeah. At the moment, it seems like they're still going, and it's still fine. Uh, and they're they, I guess, they have to be earning money, or at the very least, they're not losing it. Um, uh, I, I say that I have no idea. <sighs> so yeah, I'm I'm having I'm having a good time with it, and it does give me some genuine levels of hope for what's going to happen with cyberpunk 2077 yeah that's not i guess yeah between that and yeah now that you bring up to uh final fantasy 14 that was also another one that kind of yeah definitely had a bit of a dumpster fire time but again i don't think it had as big of a pr scandal and issue as this one did but they definitely did do the whole refund thing and offer people discounts going into a realm reborn if i'm not mistaken if they were legacy players Hmm. So, yeah, that's true. It's just, it all comes back. You bury it in the mind somewhere. It's, well, it's funny um, because there's a, there's a difference between a bad game and a broken game. Oh, yeah. I think if a game is released and it's bad, people just look at it, they play it, they shrug, and they say, okay, whatever, it's bad. And they just see, walk away and they um, move on to the next thing. The latest uh, in the Front Mission saga that I played last year. Yeah, yeah. I think people can recognize bad games. I think what pisses people off is not a bad game. What pisses people off is a broken game. And yeah, and when it's unapologetically broken and yeah, it, it feels like the developers just kind of like deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's sort of, I mean, we've been getting a massive taste of that with Cyberpunk 2077 at RPG Fan. Um, right. 
like John, thank you, John. By the way, we periodically we we pull John back in from retirement. Uh, <laughs> it's his own fault for one more job and staying relevant. No, he's kicking and scraping <laughs> fingernails in the ground as we pull him towards the review department yeah. um, to cover things. And thank God, I just he, want to three D print things. Leave me alone. <laughs> And thank God we did, because uh, this, uh, our saga of Cyberpunk 2077 was, uh, we get the game uh, on a day after launch day, so it's not obviously not going to be day up day Which up is release, funny, because uh, we'd already gotten review. it to give to somebody else, and then we got our a review copy after the fact. Right. Yeah, we, we got rejected, and then we got a copy, which is hilarious. Um, so we have two copies now, so it's like, great, so we have one for video review, and we have one for written review, and we got Bob, Bob's going to write the written review, he's going to knock it out of the park, uh, like and then, yeah, as he does, as Bob always does, and then, uh, wah, wah, uh, he can't get past the title screen anymore, he starts playing yeah. it, he gets into it a little bit, and then it's just title screen. And his can't was a PC it. code as well? His is a PC yep. code, yeah. Yep. And That's he so has, weird. It's very weird, and his his hardware is, uh, it, his hardware can play the game. It's not like he's, it's not like he's trying to run it on, like, a GTX, I don't know, 960. Like, he is... It's, it's a run, it's running, it's working, but then it just stops. So for the next few days, we're trying to figure out what's going on. How do we fix this? Uh, we think maybe the NVIDIA drivers, maybe once he gets new NVIDIA drivers, it'll come out. The new NVIDIA drivers come out. It does nothing. And we just kind of have to say, okay, call it. Who do we know who has a copy and who do we know can deliver a fantastic review? Enter John. Oh, yeah, I mean... Well, well <laughs> remains to be seen about the review, but I appreciate it. I appreciate you saying it, but uh, in, in terms of being if fantastic, you, that they'd is. be stuck with me. But uh, yeah, and God I, knows we don't want that. I, um, but I, I checked, <laughs> I actually checked with Bob j- just today to see like, all right, how far in did you get? Um, the, the game gives you like a kind of a, an intro mission. That's pretty quick. Um, I mean, like, and, and he's at the point, he's like just past that intro mission. Um, where where he is as far as he got maybe maybe an hour into the game is all um, okay. just yeah because like, you got three life paths to start off with yeah we do have videos of on our YouTube channel I posted one of each on there so nice. if you want to go see that folks you can do that I took the nomad path um, and I've seen nice. I've seen uh, dialogue options come up for that a number of times uh, where that's yeah one I think of, that's really cool I think that's one of the big impacts that the that those intros have is you know if you're i took the nomad path like i said if you're a nomad then you'll get stuff about oh i see this guy at a club who's kind of a bouncer and i can see that he's also a nomad i can say something to him and you know might improve his attitude towards me because we got that in common yeah you get specific prompts for that origin story yeah or for that life path yeah um Uh, but um yeah, but so so fortunately, I've been uh, a lot more successful um, in terms of being able to make it through the game. Um, I'm the the game clock I think says that I'm about at like nine hours, but there's definitely been a couple of times when I've had to just pause the game and walk away uh, and come back. So it's probably more really around the the realm of six or seven hours. Um, some huge, huge <laughs> spoiler territory story stuff just happened before the recording of this podcast. I was like, come on, get me to a point where I can actually save and quit uh, so I can go do a podcast about this. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been really enjoying the game, actually, since I'm able to actually play it. Um, it does have a lot of that Fallout feeling of 
there's always something more around the next corner, um, although its world is a lot more dense and compact, I think, than the, um, you know, than the Fallout map is. If you were to walk from one end of the Fallout map to the other, typically it's going to take you a significant amount of time, whereas... You know, with this, I can walk pretty quickly. I can take fast travel things. I can hop in my car. Um, but there's always, um, you know, another like little unknown mission on the map. And there's always another gig coming in from one of the fixers in the city. Um, so that's, so that's really good. I, I love the fact that the world is a really interesting, detailed place because it's got all that, uh, RPG history to draw from of you know the books and things yeah from the the tabletop game so yeah uh yeah i was just gonna say that i i I just got like some new like cyber implants that hopefully are gonna make me better at gunplay i'm so i'm kind of okay with that i mostly just run up to people and stab them instead Um, (laughs) (laughs) but i'm 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 looking forward to like seeing how that you know, how that impacts the way that I play the game, uh, which I think is always a good sign in a game like this when you can get new loot that totally changes up how you play. It keeps it fresh. Yeah, it's it does have a lot of freshness. Like, again, like all the controversy aside, yeah, what's there is a good game and it's it's good looking. I I'm at the same as you where I've like I, I've racked a lot of quote unquote hours into the game but most of that was just me futzing around with trying to find the right settings with uh with recording and such because i can actually run the game uh on high dipping into the ultra with my setup hmm. like i have a 1660 ti uh i've got a eight core ryzen 3700x uh 16 gigs of ram running it off an ssd like it chugs along pretty good but if i'm doing that and capturing it it does not <laughs> chug along so good like it actually it plays well on its own but mm-hmm. the gameplay capture is stuttered and awful like obs just can't keep up if i have it on that high and also obs really doesn't like the mirror technology no. so that the opening moments of the game when i go into the mirror it yep. looks it just kind of like pops it out of its frame and doesn't embed it into where it's supposed to be. It was a whole mess anyways. So I come to find, I had to basically set everything to low except for the faces. I wanted the faces still to look good. Mm -hmm. And now it's running pretty smooth, very minor little like glitchiness in the recording. As far as the game goes, that's its own other thing. Um, But even on low, it looks really good on PC. I find like Mm -hmm. it doesn't quite have like the depth in the atmosphere. The game fully offers one on the bigger, the, the higher settings, but it's, uh, it, yeah, it looks like a, you know, a, a, like a solid, like, PS3, PS4 game. It looks better than how it actually looks, quote-unquote, optimized for the PS4, which oh. is shocking to me. Yeah. So I was impressed by that. And then, yeah, I tried out all of the intros because that was one of the biggest things I wanted to try and grab for us. And the Nomad one was the most demanding. Like, I, I was able to get the corporate one and the Street Kid one at a better higher settings but once i got into like just the open world that the nomad starts in outside of the city it was just too much and i couldn't do it unfortunately so i had to knock everything back to keep it all consistent across the board Mm -hmm. but it was uh it it was pretty all the intros are pretty neat did you dabble with any other ones or did you just commit to nomad no i thought about playing some of the other ones to to see them out but then when uh when we found out that Bob wasn't going to be able to do the review. I was like, no, I better just, better just keep moving ahead with the one I've got. Yeah. So. Take a lane and run down it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, uh, did you, and for character creation, mm-hmm. uh, I guess starting back at the beginning, character creation is pretty neat. It's very simple, yeah. which I do like. Like it still offers a decent yeah. amount of choice. Uh, I agree. Mark Chan was posting that it's it's unfortunate the game doesn't really offer more body types, but uh-huh. it's uh, otherwise does have a lot of flexibility. I also wish they handled the 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 gender identity aspect a bit better too, because uh-huh. like I do like that they're just like, well, you can you know look like a male, but present as female vocally and such like that but there's no like they them or in between yep. it's just basically like you have a female voice they call you a she you have a male voice they call you a he regardless of what you look regardless of how you feel your character feels yeah that i feel is a little bit of a oversight and could have used a just bit of better handling mm-hmm. i mean we talked about this on the last podcast that it was more was like a tick in the box just to say like look you can kind you of can, be trans sort yeah. of and it, it wasn't really handled well but how is it for you uh, it, it's definitely the first game where I've had to choose whether I have junk and uh, what it looks like. Um, right. And which my wife was very disappointed that they only had one option for the female. She they like, do. Those come in plenty of different versions as well. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, I'm told that you don't like it doesn't really come into play in the game. Like even in it, there are, you know, there is the option of, you know, basically like sex scenes in the game. But uh, it, so I don't know why they even had us put that. You know, yeah, that, that, that design effort in when we were going to do it. But yeah. Shock factor. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Look how progressive we are. It's definitely a game that, um, and, and maybe this kind of makes it even more disappointing that they didn't do a better job with what you were just talking about is it's definitely a game that kind of says like, look, I'm an, I'm a game intended for adults and like, I'm not going to make any bones about it. Um, you know, there's. There's nudity in that very first mission. So if you, yep. you know, uh, well, I guess the one, the first if mission after, after the it. origins. Um, but yeah, and there's no way to turn it off or anything either, really. Right. So, um, yeah. But uh, so that was a, but it was fun to create my character and be like, yeah, I got like crazy hair and that's not like a, a weird thing. I got that. I got blue hair. That's, that's a thing everybody does. Uh, I got, you know, yeah. you can put like crazy lines on your face and on, down your arms and everything. I don't the know. cool, uh, the cool, con- like the tw- different types of eyes are really neat. Yeah, whether you want to be normalized bloodshot eyes, but then they have the cool like tech eyes. <laughs> of course, then it's all first person, so the only time you see yourself is in the mirror. But um... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I think if you play with controller, it goes to third person. No, maybe no, it doesn't. I've, I've been I, playing. I feel with... like there's an option for that. There might be. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I've been keeping it in first person because uh, my outfits are ridiculous because they just keep putting on whatever <laughs> has the best AC. So, That's fair. And yeah. so, yeah. And so you're building your character out the gate. Like, again, I built three different ones for each of the intros, but I've been sticking to the Corpo path. It was just okay. the one I just kind of liked the character I made. Uh, and uh, I went with more of a good, what was it? Uh, yeah, great reflexes and great uh, intelligence, but everything else was kind of mediocre. Which okay. means so I'm good with guns and then good with in conversation and stuff like that. But uh, and so are you focusing also as well on like handguns and stuff? Or no, you were saying you're trying to do more of a well, I, in, I, their, in their face combat. Yeah, I think my stats ended up being kind of more for the the tech stuff, and uh, I tried to you know put some stuff in handguns because you know from other games that I've seen in the past, that's been in a path that's been there've been a lot of uh, you know a lot of ammo and a lot of weapons available for that path, um, but. Um, what's been interesting to me is to see how that plays out in the game, you know, with 
like when you shoot, those stats actually do have an impact, uh, not just on not just the weapon that you have, but your stats make you better. You know, like your headshots do more damage or things like that. Uh, and then also, yeah, it's also always tricky with these kind of games to kind of gauge yeah. the shooting aspect of that. Like because we saw that in like Mass Effect back when, mm-hmm. where again it's supposed to be an FPS, but also RPG. And it's like, how do you make the mechanics translate into the Twitch combat? And it's like, yeah, I think it does the thing where it gets less and less nebulous around the aiming point where you're hitting. Although this one seems very much like you're rewarded for having Twitch combat skills. Yeah. Like my headshots, I can. As long as I'm landing them, which I usually can do, mm-hmm. it definitely lends to uh, performing better. But yeah, I think that's where it translates is the damage output from that is from those the boosts. Right, right. Uh, and then also when you as you move around the world, there's been a few different missions where I've wanted to just be stealth, and um, even in terms of you don't have like a like a lock picking skill uh, that I can that I've noticed yet. But your stat no, mostly just like that governs that will be like, you know, like if your intelligence stat or whatever is, is high enough, then you can unlock this door. Or if your strength is high enough, you can break down this door. And you know, that's it. If you if you don't have those stats, yeah. then it will just show you, sorry, man, you have a four and you need a five. But It does tell you yeah, what you need to get to. That's true. But I've, I've found so far, I haven't been really like pumping my stats the instant I level up. So I typically have like a couple of points that I can put into something <laughs> like when I As go, oh, for a rainy day. <laughs> yeah, I need I need one more for to unlock that door. Just going to put it in there now. Yeah. And plus uh, and, and you yeah, you get experience based on how you use things a la yeah. like the Elder Scrolls series. Yeah. Um, or Final Fantasy 2. Uh, <laughs> train wreck that was. But yeah. it's I, I do like that, that you're rewarded for how you play and what you're playing with, and your character just gets better as you use those things. So that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. But it's... Um, and, and yeah, you guys, you're right. Yeah, you kind of throw in the perks. I leveled up a couple times where I'm like, oh yeah, right, I need to go assign those. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say one thing that i just thinking about, you know, leveling up and stuff. Like one complaint that i have with the game aside from you know like it's it's working fine for me very fortunate for me (laughs) um but the interface could use um some some tweaking i think it's okay um but like the menu or when you're in your inventory and things like that as you as you take people down you know like in any uh rpg you're gonna loot those bodies gonna pick up their weapons all that stuff so after the end of a mission i'm walking around with like 50 guns in my inventory um <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty loaded down um but there isn't a way for me to just like easily say you know uh, this is junk this is junk this is a thing that i want to hang on to um so then when i go yeah you're right That's when true. i go to sell it i have to like go okay was this was this something i was holding on to for some reason or uh oh i guess let me compare right now to make sure uh because Sorry, uh, kind of jumping tracks here. All those guns have unique stats uh, similar to like um, yeah. Borderlands and things like that. So just because yeah. the, the weapon looks the same as the weapon next to it in your inventory, now I'm looking to see like which of these has better stats. Um, some what of them kind do, of damage does it do? Yeah, some do burning damage and some do like electric damage. And I'm like, 
does that even matter? Uh, I I haven't figured out if it does yet or not. Um, yeah, there's a lot of the the meta in this game that I still feel I haven't quite grasped. And I mean, I am only like maybe an hour and a half or so into the story. I've gone through like the first two major missions mm-hmm. and into like the major uh, big pivotal point, I think, where like things really start to shake up. And yeah, I'm starting to see there's a lot of like finer points that I'm like, okay, this game will really get singing when I get good at those. Like I, like I'm trying to get good at quick hacks and stuff and trying to figure out how that whole system works and getting better. I'm like, so my Ram is finite. How do I replenish that? Or does, do I have to wait till I rest and stuff like that? So I haven't figured those things out. And then now seeing, yeah, all these guns have different stats and there's different types of damage. And when I scan someone, I can see that, Oh, they have vulnerabilities or weak or, um, resistance to such and such damage so yeah i guess that matters to try and keep you right. know, an electric gun on standby or whatever right it's it's got a lot going on yep. but uh the performance wise uh not the performances of the, of the game itself but the performances of the acting and the storytelling mm-hmm. i find that's all really solid and that's definitely yeah. contributing to what makes the game good like the writing is solid and it's um yeah performed beautifully um jackie wells really love the oh, charisma yeah. that character gives off both voice actors for v are great very natural and conversational everyone i've interacted with has been solid t-bug's awesome it's so far yeah really well put together as far yeah. as storytelling and the world you're jumped into and definitely those like big story beats are kind of a bit railroady but you still feel like you have some some part to play in it even if you are kind of ticking the boxes to forward it along of like go do this thing now go do this thing search around for the thing that will progress the story beats yeah. It's outside of it, I guess, in the side quest, which I haven't done yet. I feel like that's, I guess, where you get a little bit more of that flexibility as a player. Yeah, I, I had a mission where um, this is, I, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler because it, it was something that came up really early in the game. I got a call from a fixer who said, hey, there's this lady. She's a cop. She's one of the few like good cops uh, in the city, and she's making a lot of trouble for herself. And the other cops, the dirty cops, are basically, like, calling in a hit on her. And so go try to, you know, resolve that. And, you know, when you go, you know, find her at her uh, apartment, there's a couple of things. Actually, that was one of the places where my nomad background helped me. There was a guy in the market who I talked to who, uh, I because I had that shared background with him, he was willing to tell me, oh, yeah, she lives right over there. So I went and found her and then I had the choice of like, do I, uh, you know, do I take her out or do I try to like talk her down and convince her to back off this investigation? Um, and it was interesting, uh, a thing I don't know that I've seen in other games of that kind of, uh, system when I, you know, approached her, she was immediately hostile and I had, a you know, I had to, you know, back off and, you know, stay well out of range and or or else she was just going to shoot me and then the only choice i would have is to finish her off um versus talking her down and i tried finishing the mission both of those ways and got a very different response from the 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 person who gave me the mission afterwards if if i killed the lady she was very much like i don't know that i want to keep working with you (laughs) oh no yeah yeah um so whereas when I talked her down, she the you know the person who gave me the mission was like, "Hey, thanks a lot. You know, you you did the right thing. There's not a lot of good people in this world. We got to keep the ones that we have." And, you know, so uh, yeah. So like you said, 
uh, you do see a little more uh, agency maybe in those side missions. Gotcha. Um, the other thing, there's a lot of reading. There's a lot of stuff that you can <laughs> yeah. pick up to read. Yeah. My gosh. And I, I want to, I haven't been for the sake of this because I've just been trying to get captures as quickly as I can, but I plan to go back, rack up the settings so it looks really awesome, and then I'll probably take a bit more time to reading uh, to read things. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did notice, which I didn't notice until I read it, uh, was the fact that, right, there's really doesn't, I mean, I haven't explored the city super extensively, but I've driven around a bit now and walked around a few spots. There's no wildlife in the city. Uh-huh. Now that you think about it. And then I read a thing uh, in one of my passings that apparently, and I feel like this was just a, like a get out of jail free card for the developers, uh-huh. but there, there apparently was an extermination act to get rid of all the birds for the sake <laughs> of like not passing avian diseases. And I yeah. thought that was more just like, we don't want to animate birds. So that's funny. They're just, they just got exterminated. And it's just really funny that I was like, oh, right. I haven't seen a single pigeon in this damn city. What's with that? Yeah. But here, that's would be why. I have seen kids walking around, which is uh, not something you always see uh, in games, but uh, I have not tried to interact with them. Uh, I did see a cat, and it let me pet it, and so yeah, that, that was great. great. Yeah, it was. It was a editor's like a choice. <laughs> yeah, editor's <laughs> choice. You can I could pet, pet the, the cat. cat. And I'm sure there'll be a dog at some point. I mean, you got a little dog bobblehead. Oh, yeah, that's a question for you. Uh, driving, do you do it out of the car or in the car? I leave the the camera like the the farthest back from the car. There's like one, there's two outside car cameras, yeah. one closer and one farther out. I use the farther one. Uh, I found I can't. I'm, I'm I get whole, too wobbly. Oh, I'm real bad at driving with a keyboard, uh, which is why I was I was glad yeah. when I got my uh, my controller working. Because um, originally that's another thing uh, on the PC. I couldn't get my PS4 controller that I was using with my PC to work with it. Um, still, I don't think I can use it wirelessly, but if I plug it in, I can use my PS4 controller. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know that went going so. on there. Yeah, I'm doing wazid and mouse, and I yeah I find like it's so easy to oversteer when mm-hmm. I'm outside of the car, and even like that's one thing I wish the game did have is an option for you just to toggle like a point A to B auto oh, drive. Auto drive, yeah, that'd be where great. Where it just obeys the traffic laws, it stays inside the lines and does its thing. I mean, yeah. I like the having the ownership of like, I can drive myself places and, you know, just like you can in like um, Grand Theft Auto, you can choose obey the rules or just sidetrack everything. Uh, I generally try to stay on the straight and narrow and not cause over damage and such. Part of it is just the role play of keeping a low profile and doing my job to be a normal human in the city. Yep. But it's... Uh, one thing I do hate about the driving, mm-hmm. almost without fail, every time I show up to a mission spot, after I find some place to park and then I get out and I go to the mission spot, I then find a more convenient, better place to park that I didn't <laughs> know existed. And it's so annoying. And then I come back and my car has caused like a backup of traffic where no one's bothered to go around because I like parked on the street. Because there's not yeah. a lot of street parking in the city, which is weird. So I'm like... I just every single time with a fellow showed up and there's a parking lot like out front of like a building. I'm like, God dang it. <laughs> even, even in games, there's always a better parking spot. Yeah. I like, it. Oh gosh. I had a thing where I, I, I did find a, so there's a, a, a place that you go pretty early in the game and it actually directs you to park in a specific spot. Um, and I went back there later on and I was very carefully, like got into that spot. Um, and all of a sudden, like at the last instant, um, people start screaming and flipping out, uh, and there's like two people under my car, which I'm pretty right? sure weren't there <laughs> just the moment before that. 
Yeah, there's was... some bugginess around that stuff for sure. Yeah. I was uh, I was riding along with uh, in the Street Kid Origin. You go on a ride along with somebody, and they were definitely hitting people as we were driving. I'd be in the conversation, I'd hear the odd like ah thunk and like crunch, and nobody cared, nobody worried about it. We just oh. kept going, and like we definitely hit like two or three people. Like so, somewhere in there, the programming is off with that sort of stuff. I definitely started my game where I left off and saved in my car, and I started immediately. My car bounced up on the back end as if I had like hydraulics <laughs> because I had spawned on a car. Oh. So my car was like partly on a car, nice, <laughs> and I had to like drive off of it. Uh. I'm like, yeah, no big deal. And one other weird things. Oh, and there was another mission where early on you meet up with Jackie when he's on his motorbike, mm-hmm. and I had parked basically like right by him mm-hmm. and he just like walked through my car didn't bother going around it just kept because like, his yep. path clearly was just meant to go through go straight to this place but they didn't account for i don't know it's weird just little things like that yeah but again like i was going to speak to that whole aspect of the negative pr around the game and kind of a lot of the crap it's been getting because clearly a lot of love and hard work has gone on to this and it sucks yeah. that there's so many bugs and glitches in spite of all the crunch and the effort people have put into it and a lot of that probably is because of the crunch. People were there's oversights, and it's as John and I were saying last time, it's a big, complicated game to try and figure stuff out, like to try and find all these little things. There's that early conversation with Jackie where you're where he's eating, mm-hmm. uh, if you remember, John. Yep. Um, and mid conversation, his chopsticks spawned a double a duplicate copy, and we're just were hanging in the air. <laughs> oh. So they were just like sitting there, like around like his stomach level. And then he'd lift up and he'd be eating with his chopsticks in his hand. But then there's these extra pair of chopsticks just floating nebulously. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's like little things like that that just kind of like come up <laughs> at random. It's just like, oh, right. And yeah, with people just being walked over, people uh, yeah. walking through things every now and again. Uh, I pulled up to a place and I heard a scream and I was like, what is going on? And then I heard a crunch and then I looked and it looked like someone had fallen out of a building to like the street. Oh. Nobody around was looking. No one cared. No one asked. I was like, Do, did I just witness something? I was like, I should go into this building. And I went in and went up to the only floor I was allowed to go to because that's one interesting thing too. There's a lot of elevators and buildings you can go into, but you can only go to the floor you're allowed to go to. Yes. You can't really like explore each floor, unfortunately. And it was like meeting up with that like uh, that journalist woman, mm-hmm. which I didn't even mean to do. I didn't even know that was where I was supposed to meet her. But no one mentioned anything about you know, any bodies being thrown out of the building. I felt like I was invading something because there's turrets there. There was a person like poking around in a safe. I walked right up to him, tried to interact with him. He didn't care I was there. Yeah. So it's like little weird details like that that I'm like, that's strange. <laughs> that's for all the living of this world. One other thing about the world that there's, there's, you know, like in a Fallout game, there'll be things that'll mark, that are marked as like basically this, somebody owns this. If you take it, it will be considered stealing and people won't like that. Um, in this game, Not like so much in this, just take anything. They're, they'll be in like red as which makes me think well this is like stealing somebody's thing but no you can just pick up anything that allows you to pick it up yeah you don't even have to put buckets on their heads right yeah it's great nobody cares <laughs> but there's a yeah there's a lot to see and do i'm very excited to get back into spending more time with it and seeing around the world i wasn't expecting to be picking up this game so soon uh, I was like, as we talked on the last episode, I was with John where I was like, I'll probably wait until it's PS5 available and I eventually get around to that or something. Mm-hmm. So getting this was a surprise and, and yeah, I'm, I'm not shocked that my computer can't handle doing it and capturing it at the same time, but it's, uh, it's still, it's been a good experience overall, despite 
um, yeah. some of the obvious glitches and such. It's still very playable. I'm I'm intrigued by the story. I'm invested now, and mm-hmm. I want to see more of it. <laughs> if you're uh, where it sounds like you're at, uh, there's some there's there's some more stuff to be invested in coming very soon. So I'm, I'm no doubt I'm happy no to hear. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually, I'm really excited to play this game. The game, everything I've seen about it is very much up my alley mm-hmm. from the style of gameplay to the storytelling to everything. It looks like a game that I would really, really like. It's been really heartbreaking to see the all of the negative controversy that's been cropping up because of the mismanagement of the launch. That being said, I'm with you, Greg. I'm going to wait until, well, I guess not with you because you got a copy. I'm going to wait until PS5 yeah. version comes out, which, you know, hopefully... If they're smart, especially after this, they will delay the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X releases until it looks great and is perfect. And <laughs> they've incorporated as many bug yeah. fixes as possible into it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, speaking of, you managed to finally get your hands on a PS5 out of, it seemed oh. nowhere, and then it just, uh, you have it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally nowhere. I don't, I was not even, lo- okay, for the last couple of months, like everyone else, you know, you, I have, I, I I occasionally go on Red Flag Deals, which is a Canadian uh, deal website, great site, um, and a few other places, and they will periodically be like, okay, there's going to be a bunch of consoles released for Walmart. And you get in line, and you go to the Walmart site, and the site crashes because bots crash the site, and you can't get anything in the cart, and nothing's working. And I did this about four or five times since the launch, and eventually I was just like, screw this, not doing it anymore, don't care. Uh, this is just irritating and very frustrating, and I walk away very upset because it looks like I may have gotten it, but I didn't. Just going to wait till 2021 when hopefully there's more of these things. So I'm on Best Buy's website uh, looking around for a secondary present for Amanda, and I notice that there is a listing for PlayStation 5. Uh, like there's a like the the product is there, and it's it's the bundle. It's the PlayStation 5 uh, bundle with the controller and uh, with uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I say, Is there oh, a bundle that's... without controller? Because that'd be rude. <laughs> no, two controllers, sorry. So yeah, I click oh, on okay. it and I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I, I click on it and it says in stock. And I think, huh. So I click on in stock. It goes into my cart. I click on my account. I log into it. It instantly goes through. My credit card information goes through. And it says, congratulations, your order is complete. And I say, what the hell? And I go on Twitter immediately, and it turns out that there is, like, a feeding frenzy that I've been, the same one that I've been doing the last couple of weeks, desperately trying to get one of these into your cart and, like, really fighting hard. And it's, like, sold out, and there are people saying, bots, bots, screw you, this is, and I'm just, like, I somehow stumbled my way into getting a PlayStation 5 without trying, without even looking. I just, it was, like, it must have been, like, a 15-second window where I was, like, oh, there's one in stock. Click, click, click. Oh, it's mine. And then, yeah, and then even weirder, I get a message the next day saying, your order has shipped. And I'm thinking, what the, my order is shipped? I wasn't expecting to see this thing until January minimum based on shipping delays and things like that. And I ordered it on the 11th. By the 13th, I have a PlayStation 5 in my (laughs) condo. And I'm just, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And now I have a PlayStation 5 and I don't know what to do with it. And as per... um... (laughs) Our conversation on episode 200, you also have uh, this year's RPG of the year, Miles Morales. <laughs> yes, um, which I will be <laughs> playing probably over Christmas once I get uh, tired of Fallout 76, which could happen any day. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have a PlayStation 5 now, so I am going to be, that's going to help with reviews and things like that. Because, you know, the more people on staff have a PlayStation 5, because Sony don't give these things out as gifts. Sure don't, but... No. Uh, 
you know, that'd be great if we could actually get Rob back on here to talk about Dark Souls. I doubt he'll come on to the podcast because he's got life. It's busy. But uh, that was our and first it's... review on the on the, the site for it was for uh, Dark Souls, of course. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, um, uh, so yeah, so we're going to wrap things up at the show. Uh, we don't really have any listener questions or uh, emails that have come in lately. But uh, one thing I wanted to do, if such an occasion happened, which probably frequently will because... Y'all love to listen to us, but you don't really write us. We're like your moms. You never call. Why? No, uh, we're going to get our usual uh, guests uh, to throw a question at us. So, Tooker, I uh, gave you some warning. You have a question for us. What's on your mind? Yeah, just I, I was thinking about something that came up earlier uh, a couple of times about, you know, the video games versus tabletop games um, and how when you Which play... you are well-versed in. Yes. Uh, I don't know if folks, folks may know. I, I, I run a and d game with uh, folks from the site. Um, and um, so thinking about that, you know, there's a big difference between video games and tabletop games is that a video game, you get to play the story that the people wrote and you get the abilities that the people wrote into the code. Uh, ver- whereas in a tabletop game, you got a lot more freedom and everybody has a part in telling the story. So, you know, given that, what I thought is uh, what if, if you were to p- take a, a video game RPG and turn it into a tabletop game and play that. What's one that you guys would like to play? And I guess I've already got one locked in the chamber, but uh, John, on to you or something? No, please go. That's a good question. I'm thinking. Which, uh, based on what you were playing actually most recently, Jono, uh, I don't know if you any, either of you played the tabletop Fallout game. It's really awesome, by the way. I haven't. No, I should sometime. It. Oh, if you ever get a chance, it's actually really fun. It's like kind of like a RPG light. Like everything's kind of guided through storytelling, and they they do the the, the world choice and world building really well. It's super fun. My friend has it. I've loved it. But anyways. I've always wanted to role play in the Super Mario RPG world. I'm not going to lie. But taking it to that nth degree of like really making it an RPG. So like, you know, like you build yourself like a, a toad, like knight, you know, something like that. Like really like medieval it up uh, where it's kind of just using like the race in the world of uh, and the culture of like the mushroom kingdom from like Super Mario RPG and exploring that world. I've always kind of really wanted to do that. I think that would make for a real fun uh, gameplay setting. Yeah, I got one. Okay. Um, I mean, my I think everyone would expect my my instant choice to just be Yakuza, um, but I think can I can I change it slightly? Does it have to be an RPG or could it be like something else within our our coverage? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Any game. Whatever. It'd be you impossible. Think. It'd be impossible to figure out. It'd be so complex. But I would love to play a tabletop Ace Attorney game. <laughs> I feel like you could do that with, um, yeah, not fate, but with uh, like in Fiasco. I think that could be a fun Fiasco setting where one person is like the 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 Ace Attorney character, and then has like their sidekick, but then you're connected to all the other people to build this ridiculous case, and all these stories kind of come together to solve the ridiculous case. I feel like that could work there. I would love like to what, play a what, game like that. What aspect of the game like do you really want to role play? In like, do you think would translate well to tabletop? Like, why would you pick that? Well, primarily, I just want to point at someone and scream objection. <laughs> That's your uh, your fantasy. You need to act out. <laughs> yeah, and whenever I do it on the street, people get angry at me. So you know, That's fair. <laughs> roll, roll uh, for objection. What's yours, Tooker. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I mean. It's tough because I, I have a lot of different uh, RPG books from from different systems of of you know random different things. I part of me does feel like that um, 
that Fallout would be a, a really good one. So I, I maybe mean, I should mm-hmm. get that that board game because you know you, yeah I highly recommend it. Yeah, you could start out like you know like Fallout seventy six. You could start out as being a crew coming out of a uh, um, you know out of a vault, going out into the world and playing your story, or you know you could start out as people who are already out there. There's all the different races you could be a yeah you, know, you could be a super mutant, you could be a hmm. a ghoul, you know, but. Uh, yeah, which is an option you really haven't had except in Fallout, Fallout Tactics. That's uh-huh. the only place where you can actually play as like some of the different species. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good answers. I like it. Yeah, no, thanks. That's Thank you for the question. question. Good question. I like thinking about that stuff a lot and how to translate. I've also been thinking about running a and d game eventually for Gwen and Annette set in like the, the world of mana mm. and using some stuff from like Second Densetsu 3, Trials of Mana, that sort of thing, and trying to translate that into such a way to make it play there and using those races like it's just there's a lot of fun worlds out there to play with that i think would be really fun yeah and now i just want jonna to run around yelling objection at people <laughs> well maybe after the pandemic <laughs> maybe. no even now like as soon as you see someone just not someone wearing not mask, wearing a mask yep. objection <laughs> i am going to i'm going to do that that is a oh, great we need to get idea. you Next a custom face it. mask that has like the objection expletive, like, the, the graphic <laughs> yes. on the mask. That'd be perfect. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Next time I see someone in the elevator not wearing a mask, that's going to be my go-to. <laughs> objection. Uh, that's great. Um, speaking of, we picked up a, a DS for for Gwen secondhand for Christmas, but it came loaded with Dual Destinies and what was the other the other one that was on the 3DS? which the person who sold it to me is like, oh, they're not as good as the originals, but they're there. And Spirit now we're of figuring Justice. out how to... Uh, yes. Yeah. Spirit of Justice. We're just trying to figure out how to keep them, but also we have to log her account over, so I might have to nix my account on my 3DS so I can keep playing that and Fire Emblem Awakening and stuff that came with, because, yeah, it's locked to his account. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, as the 3DS was. Anyways, uh, thank you, Tuka. That's a, that was a fun, that's a fun question. And, uh, yeah, feel free to email us your answers. Or, you know, hit us on Twitter or whatever. You can find us at RPGFan.com on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. And you can email us at podcast at RPGFan.com. Uh, I am at Greg Delmage on the interwebs. G- uh, Greg D at RPGFan.com for emails if you want. John, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, they can find me at John O'Logan on Twitter. Or they can send me something by... Uh through uh the the site there or you know uh, we would love to have questions from you have any questions for us please yes. hit us then we don't have to harass our guests but speaking of tooker how can people get a hold of you in the interwebs should you want them to <laughs> yeah um people can email me i might meet my rpg fan address is john t at rpgfan.com um i'm on instagram too Maybe you mentioned just my... that t- change to tooker at rpgfan.com i mean we should have or at least like set up an alias or something yeah just your real name <laughs> um but uh, you mentioned my, my 3D printing. I'm at a 3D printing shop. Uh, I'm kind of on vacation for the holidays right now, but I have that. I have an Instagram for that uh, as well. If people want to see that kind of stuff, uh, it's uh, AT Designs by John is my uh, is my Instagram and my Etsy. John's store. pretty good at what he does. He futzes around a lot until he gets it right. Well, it's it's important to get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I understand lots can go wrong with that if you don't do the design right and refine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we have other podcasts, as you may have heard. Rhythm Encounter is back, so woot woot, and we talked very highly of Retro Encounter. So you've got episodes of that coming out all throughout uh, 
the holidays, no doubt, as well. I feel like Solosi has a backlog ready to go or something. And uh, otherwise, there's the Phoenix Edge podcast with Hat and Eric. So you got lots to listen to if you don't want to listen to us. And uh, finally, you know, have a happy holidays. Enjoy uh, the rest of the year. We'll start talking about, uh, you know, most anticipated games and music of the year and edit, uh, not editor of the year, um, game of the year. There we go. And game of the year. Because uh, we got all those things coming up, and we'll talk about uh, that in the next episode, no doubt, after all those features have gone live. So, yeah, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, have uh, Make the best of the rest of 2020 that you can. So, yeah, for myself, for John, for John Tucker, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye-bye. Bye. Bye.